0: Welcome to the Grace City, Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Man, there's nowhere else I'd rather be on a Sunday morning than right here with all of your beautiful faces at the 1115 service. There's nothing like it and if you are new i see quite a few new faces in here we just want to say welcome so glad you had the faith and the courage enough to step out today to come try out you know this part of the body of christ and um and we just want to welcome you and say this is a great place to call home come on can we welcome everybody that's new everybody that calls grace city tampa home we're grateful you're here my name is alex me and brianna are the lead pastors here and we're just grateful uh that you came to check it out and be a part of all that god is doing Well, last week, if you missed it, you're going to want to go back and listen to the podcast. I believe that it's the most important message that I'm going to preach all year long happened last week. And you go, wow, okay, so it's over, like no need to come back. But I really believe the importance of last week sets up everything that's going to take place this year as a community of faith. And so I challenge you, commission you, encourage you, go listen to the lost are found message. You can see these banners on the wall. We're gonna be carrying this all year long. The lost are found. This is what God has written on this house for 2023. We're going everywhere we can. We are gonna reach the lost and nothing's going to hold us back. Come on, we're going to empty out hell. We're going to fill heaven in 2023. We're believing for a revival, and we are believing that the harvest is now. And today, I'm going to preach the first installment of our new sermon series entitled The Harvest is Now. We're going to be discussing the fundamentals of modern-day evangelism. See, we are called to go into all the world and make disciples. So how do we do that in the age that we live in? How do we bring up an invisible God? How do we intro into a conversation about the gospel? How do we tell people our faith is based on a book that's thousands and thousands of year old? I want to make the distinction that I don't want us to be a church that blinds people with the truth today, but a church that beckons and leads them to the truth. So how do we accomplish this? Over the next three weeks as we go through our sermon series, we have three different installments. The first one today is about the light that we are to shine. Next week is about the power of our testimony. And week three is about the miracle working power of God. Aren't you grateful for the miracle working power of God? It's not in our strength, but in His. Today we're going to focus on the light of Jesus Christ. And if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Luke 11.33, it's the main text we're going to be speaking out of today, but before I read that, I do want to read John 8.12, and it says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am, everyone say, I am, am. the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And Luke 11.33 says this, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, It will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. In this scripture, Jesus is drawing lines between himself and the listeners. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the Sadducees, the religious leaders of that time. He's talking to the disciples and the crowds of people that are around him. And he's helping them to understand, listen, I am the light. I'm the one that you are to reveal in all Places. He's making the distinction saying, You're not the light, but you are to bring the light through the life that you live. So, the title of my message today is Let It Shine. Let it shine. Let's pray before the preaching of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us. We thank you that scriptures written thousands of years ago for a different group of people can mean so much to us today. I pray you'd open up our ears to understand. I pray for the people who have even heard this passage preached a hundred times in their life, that it would be a beautiful reminder of the life we are to live and the light we are to shine. Lord, let us at the end of today, leave this place shining your light like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Evangelism is one of the scariest topics for Christians to talk about. Like... For some reason, it's terrifying to think that we need to go up to strangers and talk about God. When oftentimes, we don't even go up to strangers just to talk about normal stuff, right? Anybody else? Like for me, when I go into the airport, I almost get like a monofocused viewpoint of like what my agenda is. Like I go into the airport and I'm like, I'm going to like get inside of security I'm going to go to Starbucks, get myself a coffee. I'm going to go find a seat. But for some reason, some people come home alive in the airport. How many of you come alive at the airport? A couple of you. And you're ready to talk to every single person on every single row. You're like hopping over the rows. It's going to be like, hey, where are you going? You know what I mean? Like, it's like such an awkward thing that people do, especially when you get on the plane. This is my worst nightmare. You get on the plane, you put your headphones on, and you sit there, and then all of a sudden, chatty Kathy, no offense to the Kathy's in the room, just decides to say, Hey, listen, like, let's talk all about my life and your life, and let's just have a great time for five hours. And I'm like, Listen, I'm never going to see you again. Like, have a good life. You know what I'm saying? That's terrible. I'm a pastor, it's fine. I'm like, come on, man, I just want to, like, read my book, watch my movie, like, eat my disappointingly small bag of pretzels, drink a Coke, and chew on oversized ice. Like, that's all I want to do right now. And people want to talk. Like, strangers want to talk. I don't get it. But I think we can often look at evangelism like we are the people doing the over-talking. Like, we are the strangers on the plane making it awkward for everybody. When I don't see it like that. See, I do believe there will be random moments when we're to go out of our way to tell someone random about Jesus. But primarily, I believe it comes through relationship. I believe that it comes through affiliation. And most importantly, hear me today, I believe that evangelism happens through our lives and the way in which we live. It's the most important part of evangelism. People seeing your lifestyle, your kindness, your love your peace, your faith, the grace of God on your life. Church, hear me today. We have the greatest story ever told written on our hearts. But if you aren't living it out, it's not a believable story. We got to live out this great, beautiful story. I had someone recently tell me that I have to go to this taco spot because they hear it's the best tacos they've ever had in Tampa. And I, and I asked them, I'm like, what did you get there? Like, what was your favorite thing on the menu? They're like, oh no, I haven't had it yet, but someone told me it's the best tacos I've ever had. I'm like, I don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? Like, your, you, your, your story is not believable for me. I'll go trust Yelp over your voice, you know. But then this last week at my city group, uh, I was sitting there, and someone sat down that I hadn't had the opportunity to chat with yet, and his name is Jose, and I asked him his name, and I'm like, what do you do for work? And he goes, man, uh, you know, I own this Mexican restaurant here in Tampa. And everybody kind of leans in, like, what's about to take place? And he goes, yeah, it's called Taquiera Emanuel. And, I go, and the guy on our table, like, raises his arms. He goes, you're my favorite Mexican restaurant in town. You know, like, he starts freaking out. He's so excited. And he's like, I love this taco. I love this taco. It's amazing and all this. And so what did I do? I went home that day, got my kids all ready, got my wife in the car, in our minivan, hello, in the party bus, and we went to Taquiera Emanuel for dinner that night, right, because it was a believable story, are you with me? And everybody needs to go to Taquiera Emanuel, they press their own tortillas, thank God, slow roast, all the, mm, thank you God, and we're talking about trying to have them out for invite Sunday, a little food truck, come on church, you're not going to want to miss invite Sunday, we can get people hyped about food in here, that's great. The story was believable. I think we do this with faith all the time. We think in our minds that we're all good, yet the practices and the way and the lifestyle of Jesus is far from us. So it's not a believable story. So I believe. That for us to reach this city for Jesus, hear me today, it has to be from an inside-out outworking of Jesus Christ and his gospel rather than words on a book. Let it be written on our lives. And Luke six forty five says, a good man brings the good out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings the evil out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of and this scripture simply clarifies the fact that on both sides of life whether with evil or good that's what comes out of you if that's what's inside of you and it's good to have that awareness when you're looking at your life and when i read luke 11:36 it said i see the clarity of the fact that when your body is full of light it will be like a lamp shining right on you you will illuminate rooms you will draw people to Jesus. And in verse 36, it says it, therefore, if your whole body is full of light, there'll be no dark in it. It will just be as, it will just as, it'll be just as full of light as when a lamp shines on you. And listen, God's light is unadulterated. God's light is perfect in every way. It's pure. We don't do anything to make his light shine. It's shining forever and ever. Amen. Let me make something crystal clear today. Jesus himself is the light of the world. It's him and him alone. And we simply have the opportunity to be light bearers. Everybody say this. I am a light bearer. In John 8, 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And then he he doesn't go into saying so you should be the light of the world. No, he says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What's the light of life? Jesus. He is the light of the world, and when you follow his ways and his path, you will have the light of life. So when we read Luke 11.33, we have to look at it through the lens of being a bearer of Jesus' light rather than we ourselves being the light. We are not the light. We are simply reflectors of the light. And in verse 33, it says, So that those who come in may see the light. That word light in the original Greek language is actually phangos, which means glow or indirect light. It describes a softer reflected light such as the light of a moon. So do we see the power of this? We're not the light ourselves, but we have the opportunity to be the reflector of God's light in and through every single space in our lives. We have to understand this when it comes to being the light in our community. And I see it like this. I see Jesus' light as, first of all, shining bright forever and ever. We don't do anything to make it shine. We don't do anything To Turn it on. It is shining forever and ever. And he is the light of the world, and he's given us the opportunity to be bearers of his light. It's shining, but it's only visible when it shines through us. See, there are occasional stories in and throughout scriptures where God himself appears to people, and where people experience moments of glory, even get knocked off of horses where they experience God. But I can honestly tell you today, church, that I have never seen the light of Jesus outside of anything other than another human being. I've never seen the light of Jesus outside of anything other than another human being. I've seen the goodness of God. I have seen, I can see creation and praise God for his great, beautiful creation. I can find ways all around me to know that there's a creator, to know that God exists, but to see the light of Christ has to come from within another human being. We are the hands and feet of of Jesus. And I believe that we've been given this responsibility, the bearers of the gospel, that we can do three things with the light that we are giving, the the light of Jesus Christ that is shining eternally. We can do three things with it. The three things are this. We can block it. We can hold it back by the way in which we live. We can keep it hidden within us. We can conceal it within our hearts. And we can let it shine through us like a piece of transparent glass or a mirror reflecting it. Let me explain the three a little bit. We can block it and hold it back by the way in which we live. See, I believe that sin is a barrier. It's a blockade to the light of Jesus within us. As you can see by the illustration, the light is still shining. We can do nothing to extinguish the light of Jesus, yet we can block it by the life we live to where it can't shine through us it's a barrier. See understand this with the nature of God sin and God cannot coincide. They cannot be together. 2 Timothy 2 through 13. 2:13 says he is faithful and he can't disown himself. Hebrews 6:18 says it's impossible for God to lie. James 1:13 When we're tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And even 1 John 3, verse 5 through 6 says, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is what? No sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning, and no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So we understand from these scriptures that God and sin cannot coincide. They cannot be in the same place at one place. But understand this, our nature, we are born into a sinful world. So we almost automatically chase the desires of the flesh. Wouldn't you agree? I know I do. In Galatians five nineteen, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. This list isn't exhaustive, but you can understand and the like. There is so much more that we have to understand about this. And we ourselves, I want you to understand this, can't even inherit the kingdom of God when we are living in sin, so how can we expect that the light would shine from within us to others? I want you to hear me today. There's a difference between sinning and sin. There's a massive difference between the two. Sinning is when you fall short, you slip up, and you get back up Run to the throne room of grace boldly and ask for forgiveness for the things that you fell short of. I sin every single day. I'm sure if we asked everybody in here, you would all say, yep, I'm me too, right? We're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So there's a difference between sinning and being a sinner. Being a sinner is someone who said, I have chosen this lifestyle and I'm gonna outlive this lifestyle and I don't care about the grace of God. I'm gonna keep choosing to do what I wanna do. That's when we block the light. And unintentionally, I feel like when we continually keep on sinning with the knowledge of atonement, there'll be no atonement left for our sins, is what Romans says. So if we understand that, then we have to understand the power of waking up into his mercies every morning and saying, his mercies are new for me, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness and the grace of God in my life. Are you with me today? So point number one, we can block it by the lives we live. Point number two, we can keep it hidden within us we can conceal it within our hearts. See, maybe you're living free from the ways of the world and the desires of flesh, and maybe you have the light shining within you. You have the option to conceal it. We see it in Luke 8, 16. It says that no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar, but I think this is what we often do unintentionally is we have this beautiful light and we're keeping it for ourselves. Oh, I go to church to make myself feel better. I go, I sit in this room because this is the only place where I can experience God's presence. This light is for me. What God is shining, what he's doing, man, it's the only place I can pray is in church because it's for me, right? We get this idea that church and what God is doing is for us and us alone, and we're missing the fact that God wants us to shine his light into the whole world. We say it's for me, and we'll say things like, I just want to be so full of God. I just want more of you, God, And, and are we actually blocking the light, concealing it, or are we releasing it? Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone. I say this all the time. Grace City, Tampa will never be a place where we contain what's happening within these four walls. Yet so often it's easy to go, man, this is the only room where I can experience God. This is the only room where I can hear God's voice. And I'm telling you, there's a world that needs for us to release the light of Christ into the world through us. And we can't contain it. This isn't just meant for us. It's meant for a lost, broken, hurting world. People who are born into sinful nature and need to know that there's a light in their. Something that is greater for them. So we can block the light. And lastly, we can let the light shine through us like a piece of transparent glass or like a mirror reflecting it. See, Matthew 5:16 says this: Let your father or let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Let your light shine before others. So they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. See, I believe we've been given this great gift so that we can push it into all the world and spread the light of Jesus into every dark space of the world. I believe that the Great Commission is speaking to us to say, go into all the world. We have the opportunity to reflect this great light throughout all of creation And I believe that this is the mantle on our life into the darkest places, into the places where people need the hope and the light of salvation. This is our job as believers is to reflect the light. We're not the light. We're the reflectors of the light. We are the fangos. We are reflecting the light of Jesus into every dark space so that all may know the name of Jesus Christ so that what we're doing may glorify our Father in heaven. Amen, church. You can bring the lights back up. Feels like we're a summer camp. We aren't the light, Jesus is. And we let him shine through us. Hear me, we are never the answer. Christ in us is the answer. This isn't the old nursery song, the old rhyme, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, right? Don't let Satan blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let me tell you something. They got it wrong. When you read through those lyrics, they got it wrong. It's a song that's so near and dear to so many of our hearts because we experience God for the first time through this. But can I tell you that nothing can stop the light of Jesus Christ? No darkness, no enemy, no plans, no schemes of the enemy, no lies can stop that light from shining forever and ever and ever. You know how I know? Because he's already tried. He already tried to tempt Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He put the word of God and the promises of God right back in his faith face, face. And he stood faithful. Right? He's already tried. He tried to take out Jesus and kill him. But our God is triumphant. Our God conquered death. And we can stand in the face of the enemy and say, no. Our God's light will shine forever and ever and ever. There's nothing. Satan can't blow out this light. But what, he, what can happen is the lies of the enemy that have been ingrained in our nature can make us get to a place where we block the light through the nature of sin, through the acts of flesh. And hear me today, Satan is not omnipresent. He's not all-knowing. He's not everywhere. So he probably, let's be honest, doesn't even know your name. So many people are like addressing Satan like, Satan, get beneath me, and all this kind of stuff. It's like Satan Satan himself, you know, we are at war against powers and principalities, but can I tell you, Satan himself probably doesn't even know your name, and I think we got to stop giving him so much credit. And I think that James 4, 7 helps us to understand what does it look like every day to say, today, I'm not going to let the light be blocked. Today, I'm going to walk in line with God's will for my life. And it says this, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee you. Right? Right? The ways of the world, the temptations of the flesh, the enemy himself, his, his, you know, minions, let me say, submit yourselves then to God. You follow God. I submit to you daily. I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to follow you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's it. These are the promises of the word. This is the power of Jesus conquering the grave. We can carry this every single day and know that this is taking place. Church, we are called to be the light in the darkness. We have this incredible opportunity to shine the light of Jesus throughout all the world and we are the carriers of this light. So we have to do three things. We have to flee the sin and the ways of the world. We have to make the right choice not to Contain the gift of God in our own lives, and we have to shine bright and let it shine. Pastor Erwin McManus says this, and it's one of the most challenging phrases I've heard in a long time. When did we forget that the church doesn't exist for us? We are the church, and we exist for the world. When did we forget that the church doesn't exist for us? We are the church. And we exist for the world. I have three questions to ask you today. And maybe even this would be a, a beautiful moment to just close your eyes. As I read these questions, these are questions to examine yourself. No music, no emotion, just reflecting. The first question is this. Are the seen and hidden sinful things of your life Blocking the light of Christ from shining within you. Come on, is there anything in your life that's blocking the light? Is there anything that's holding it back? Things you're struggling with, the hidden things, hidden sin no one knows about. Even the the seen things, the things that you struggle with in public, around other people, how you act, how you talk. Are they keeping you from shining the light from within you? Question number two. Is the way in which you interact with the gospel self-centered and hidden from others? Is the way in which you interact with the gospel self-centered and hidden from others? What's your interaction with the gospel, the greatest story ever told? Is it self-centered? Is it for you only? Is it cool hope? Is it good perspective, awesome story? Or is it for others so that they can be set free? Question number three. How aware are you in all moments to shine the light in the places that need it most? How aware are you in your workplaces, at the restaurant, the coffee shop, in your school, in your homes? How aware are you in all moments to shine the light in places that need it the most? You can look up. The band, you guys can come on up. I pray these questions convict, challenge, and empower you to make decisions where you're able to live out the mission that God has called you to, to be the light of Jesus. I I love the innocence of children and how they don't hold anything back. They can be unashamed almost always. And the other week, We had a little neighbor girl as we were all sitting out front, swinging on the swings, riding some scooters around. We had a little neighbor girl kind of wander over kind of sheepishly and just walk over, and and immediately my kids just gather around this girl, ask her her name. Within five minutes, Evie's like, this is my best friend. you got to meet my best friend. And I'm like, I love that. Man, I wish I could be like that often. Too often I'm like the airport Alex, you know what I mean? But I loved the beauty and the innocence, their unashamed moment of just calling this person their friend and instantly hanging out with this girl named Mana. And we had planned on going for a walk with our scooters around the block and, and my kids invited Mana and she went and asked her parents and they said yes. So what's one more, right? When you already have four, what's one more kid walking with you? And as we begin to walk, it's like follow the leader. I got this little train of kids just following me. And I'm just walking, keeping up a good pace and the occasional check behind me. And I start hearing this beautiful, innocent conversation. It started off with, what do you like to do? What's your favorite food, random stuff? And then, Mana had asked our kids, what's your favorite thing to do? And Cove said to her, my favorite thing to do is go to church. And it sprung into this beautiful conversation where he began to talk about what he loves about church and how they learn about Jesus and how she should come with them. And it was just this absolutely amazing, beautiful thing. I'm like trying to fight back tears as I'm walking in front, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. Like, proud dad moment, you know what I mean? But it was beautiful because they weren't shoving Jesus in her face, they were drawing her towards it through their life. What's your favorite thing to do? It's, it's church, it's who I am. I just I thought that that was the most beautiful example of what it looks like to be a light that draws, a light that beckons. And when we went and dropped Mona back off at her house, She said, I'm going to ask my dad if I can come to your church. I don't know if she's going to come. We're going to keep praying for her and asking. But I believe there's a seed planted in that little girl's heart of how beautiful and fun and amazing church and Jesus can be in their life. As I was writing this on Tuesday morning, I always write my sermons Tuesday morning from like 9 to 1. I block out that time. I've done some studying on Monday and so I'm ready to go to write my sermon. And I felt this message on my heart. I was ready to go. So I'm sitting down. The only seat that was available was at the little coffee bar at King State and so I sit down at the coffee bar. Put my AirPods in. Turn on the noise cancellation. You know what I'm saying? And I just sit there and I'm ready to work and I'm ready to write a sermon. And as I'm sitting there just pouring out this sermon, and I start writing down the story of Mana and my kids and how beautiful it was, the the instant friendship, the open, the accessibility, the unashamed. All of a sudden, this elderly retired lady comes and sits right next to me on the bar. It was like awkward, you know. There's another seat, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I'm like getting emotional writing this story about my kids and God just like stopped me. It was the Holy Spirit just stopped me in the moment. It was like, what are you doing with the noise cancellation on? And I just turned the noise cancellation off. That's all I did so I could hear what was around me. Within 30 seconds, this lady bumped my shoulder. She goes, how's the food here? I take out my AirPods reluctantly. (laughs) And I start to brag about the food. Oh, it's amazing. It's great food. Like, you know, one of the girls that goes to our church, like, was the chef here, and and she made all the food, all the recipes, it's phenomenal. Try the grits. I'm selling all the food and all the coffee. And uh, I'm sitting there in this moment as she begins just to pour her life out on me. The hardship she's been through, the divorces she had, how two years ago she lost her husband and had to move to Tampa just to support her son, and is now in a place of like, I'm just trying to survive. I just have to like get a job and just like survive and and I'm just sitting there listening to her. Not forcing Jesus like, "Hey, I know the solution to your happiness, you know." As she's sitting there, you know, one champagne after another early in the morning on a Tuesday. As she's sitting there every other word, every other word is a curse word just I mean, a, the mouth of a sailor. I didn't stoop to her level. I didn't try to hey, let me make you feel more comfortable so I'm going to do what you're doing, talk how you're talking, so that you can feel comfortable. I just stayed there with kindness and heard her out. She asked me, why did you move to Tampa? And I was like, thank God you asked. I moved here to start a church two years ago, and it's been the best decision we ever made in our lives, and it's been so fruitful and beautiful what God has done in the short 15 months of our church doors being open, it's been beautiful. And I shared all that and she didn't get to the end and be like, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. But she did say, that sounds very special and beautiful. And I hope I get to run into you again. It's being the light of Jesus. Come on, I didn't stoop down to her level. I didn't sit there and be like, let's make sure we have some stuff in common so we can talk and you feel comfortable to talk to me. I was just the light in that moment. So often we have to get over the reluctant and get uncomfortable and get unashamed. I could have stooped, I could have blocked the light, could have been living in sin, operating in sin, living a life of sin. Instead, she was able to experience the light of Jesus in that moment. And I want you to hear me today that the gospel of Jesus Christ holds its own power we just have to reveal it to the people who can't see it. We have to live it out, amen? amen. There's a word that stands out in Luke 11:33 that I think is so powerful and prominent in this scripture, and I promise I'm gonna close this up here. It says that no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it can be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Now I think the challenge for us today, church, is to put our lives on the stand and let it illuminate all around us. We don't stoop to the level of coworkers, stoop to the level of maybe some family, some friends, people around you. No, we need to be hung up and we need to be on full display, standing strong in the convictions that God has given us. We need to be on the stand against the ways of the enemy, the ways of the world, the ways of the flesh and say, this is who I am come on church, the only reason why a lighthouse is sitting high enough for the place to see is because if it were sitting on the ground, the ships would get too close to shore to where destruction would take place. By the time that they would see it, they wouldn't have enough warning to turn away. There's power in the fact that it's so high, that so far off of shore, in the darkest places, in the places where you have no perspective, no reference on anything, you can see a beacon that says... This is the safe way home. Don't come to the place of destruction. There's a light that will lead you home to the right places. And I believe, church, we're not called to stoop down to the level. We're called to be a a tower and a beacon of light that leads people to Jesus into this great gospel message. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? Church, there's lost and broken, abandoned, fearful, scared, lonely, proud people. All lost in the ocean in the Tampa Bay region. 2.5 million people are unchurched in this region. They're going in circles in the ocean right now. Lost, don't know the reference point. And we need some believers, even if it's just a couple of you to step it up, to take the conviction and say, you know what, I'm not gonna block the light. I'm gonna live a life worthy of the call of God on my life. I'm not gonna conceal it, this isn't just for me. This is for the world to see, and I'm gonna be the person to shine it into the darkest places of the world. In that little nursery rhyme, they didn't get a lot of things right, but they got one thing right. At the end of every single line, you know what it says? Let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. Come on, sometimes you gotta tell yourself. You gotta wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. We gotta ingrain it in our humanity, ingrain it in the in our disciplines, and say, I will be a person that shines the light of Jesus everywhere I go. Come on, we gotta let it shine. Gotta let it shine. We've been given much and we gotta give it away. This isn't about us. This isn't about the four walls. This isn't about feel good messages, pat on the back, go conquer your weak. This is about go reach people for Jesus and fill up heaven. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? It'd be a shame to preach a message talking about going and finding the lost and not taking a moment to address anybody in this room that feels lost themselves. We're going to give a simple moment where you can raise your hand and just acknowledge, yeah, that's me, I, I'm lost. Whether you've never given your life to Jesus and today you're going, I believe everything you're saying. Or whether you're saying, I've been wandering and I've been lost out in the ocean and, and today's the day that I'm making the choice to come back and follow Jesus all the days of my life. Come on, this is a turning point. This is a 180 for you. This is the moment that's going to change the trajectory of your entire life and your eternity. One, know that God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son so that you could know his love and so that you could know life. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't need to wait any longer. This is your moment. Give your life to Jesus right here and now. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Come on, just across this room. Anybody that would say yes today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to him. I want to live for him. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Come on. Anybody else? Yes, I see your hand. Hallelujah, people. Returning back home. Anybody else? You feel the tug on your heart. This is your moment. Powerful. Well, come on, church. Can we celebrate the two people that raised their hands in the house today? Come on. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when just one says yes. Come on. Can we celebrate those who had the courage enough to say yes? To Jesus today to return back. I just, I'm so grateful for moments like this. It's what it's all about. I pray we never wander from this moment not being grateful for what God is doing in and through our community and that people are being found. And so if you did raise your hand, welcome to the family. We're so glad you made that decision today. I want to welcome you to go out to our Connect booth in the lobby right after service. Uh, We want to get you plugged in, get a Bible in your hand, and help you along this journey. For the rest of us, it's simple. There's a call on this house that the lost will be found. We got to shine his light. So I just ask, would you put your hands out in front of you? And just in your own words, not me praying over you. No benediction moment. In your own words, would you just have a moment with God and say, Search me, know me. Remove any sin from my life, anything that would block your life. Any moments that you've concealed the light and hidden it from others, it's been all about you. Come on, would you just release that to God and say, God, I just want to shine your light. Let it shine, let it shine. Thank you, Lord. Collectively, Lord, I pray over this house. That it would be a house that is not contained within these four walls. That it would be a house where we are continually reminded and encouraged to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. Lord, I pray that we will be carriers of this great gospel message and we will reach the lost. We will bring people to heaven. Lord, I speak salvations over this house. I pray over every person in this room that when they shine the light, even this week, they'd have divine appointments where people who have their hearts ready and prepared, they'd be able to speak into the hearts of those who need you the most. Let us be your light. Let us shine it bright. Let it shine. Let it shine. Come on, let's sing this bridge out together one last time. Thank you for listening to the Grace City, Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.